You've entered the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Blondin. Welcome to episode 26. And uh, look for an exciting weekend coming up of betting action. Uh, follow us here on Twitter at Overrated EXPER2. And throw us uh, any tweets, your picks, your thoughts, your uh, suggestions for the show, anything you got betting related, send it our way. Give us an opinion, give us a give us a follow, whatever you need to do. Let's get it on Twitter and let's follow, let's get together and share some information. Uh, you've joined the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. What you're going to get with this is, you know, I'm going to switch this up. I'm going to say basically this is my journey as a sports better. You're following along where I go, and uh, this is not. For the pros, this is not for the professionals. This is for the longtime sports gambler who's looking to become better, looking to become more like a pro. And you're going to follow me as I, you know, rise and fall and rise again, fall again throughout the betting world. And my goal right now for this year is as we approach football season next season, that we learn how to bet and bet successfully. And uh, we're going to do that together. And I want you to come along for the ride. We're going to bring special guests in over time. We're going to talk about different major events, and uh, we're, we're going to get at it and talk sports betting, news, and uh, just even uh, gambling itself, the industry. So be ready and uh, for the overrated experience. That's what you're getting into. Here we go. So uh, just uh, taking a, a step back into last week, episode 24, or sorry, 25, um, overrated experience. I'll tell you straight up, that was one of the worst plays, uh, predictions, weeks that I know I've had in my sports gambling career. Not a lot well, not a lot, a lot went well going into last weekend. And uh, I formulated uh, a lot of bad habits like you normally do. And I'm sure you can relate when you start dropping a few games, games you thought you had a good handle on, and then you start chasing, making stupid decisions, making stupid bets to win it back quickly and losing patience and these are bad habits that we all have where your bankroll goes to zero and you just kick yourself at the end because of the stupidity of your emotion gets you i hate to lose i hate to lose uh more than it's the not necessarily the money i know that we do this to to make the money but to me when you lose and you're watching, and that's probably a big mistake when you're watching some of these games. I'll give you an example, watching Manchester City and Bournemouth, and I had a same-game parlay where all I needed was one more shot on target. And when you're watching the last four minutes and plus extra time, when you see top-level, world-class players open opportunities to just strike the ball on net, and it's just going into the fifth row or decide to pass versus shoot, or just hesitate on a play. It's just very, very frustrating, and that contributes to future bad decisions on that Saturday afternoon as uh, you start getting in deeper and you start betting hockey and looking at the overs and just sticking with the overs. And then going into Saturday night, you're trying to just get it all back. You got MLS and more NHL action and NBA action. And MLS, exciting, opening weekend. That failed completely. So a lot went wrong. I guarantee that you, the sports gambler, can relate to a lot of the ups and downs of what we do. But yet last week was horrible. And I'm telling you right now, I'm establishing this to the overrated experience uh, audience out there. I got to think of a name for that. Overrated experience audience is not cutting it. So I got to 
build. I, I got to think like that. I was thinking like Ten Commandments, you know, like put uh, chisel, chisel some stone and put some ten rules in place and just stick by them. But I think that's been done before. I don't know where, but I'm sure it's been done before. But maybe rules of engagement when it comes to betting and just sticking to discipline, patience, and the golden rules. Maybe it's you don't bet in a certain sport. Maybe... I don't know what it is. Like uh, I, I haven't figured those out yet, but as the time goes on, I'll share with you what I believe are some golden rules that I'm going to come up with. I think they're going to have to evolve over time like anything else and see if it works. But I know I'm, I've steered off track. And if I was a sport, sports franchise, I'd be in full rebuild right now. So my betting skill right now is in full rebuild mode. And usually when you're in a full rebuild mode, you're tanking. And I'm not taking by choice. <laughs> My picks just last week sucked. You know, so it makes you second guess yourself if it is the picks you're making, if it's their solid picks, and you got to really assess uh, if you're on the right pathway and just getting a bad streak going. But I know there's some bad habits in here that I got I to gotta shake out. So we're going to move forward with the podcast. A lot to talk about. UFC 285. Coming up, John Jones uh, versus Cyril Gaon for the heavyweight vacant heavyweight championship for the UFC. Uh, we'll, we'll touch base on that and how to, you know, all the different bets uh, along with watching and experience in the UFC that you can make. It's not just simply pick one guy or the other. Formula One, never bet in my life, but starts uh, this weekend, the Bahrain uh, race. Formula One, very popular. Netflix series out there, a lot of people love that. So there's a lot of bettors on there. I'll just go through quickly on what those betting options will be. And uh, maybe you'll take interest since it's an early morning. I think it's Sunday morning. But uh, again, it's almost like golf where you have a lot of choice to make when it comes to the betting action. And you don't need to stick to just picking a winner. There's various things to bet that are different aspects of the race. I think you'll love if you're a car racing fan. Uh, NHL action coming into the weekend, of course, and talk a little bit about the trade deadline. I I could I applied the NHL because when we left the NBA deadline and the action that took place there, a lot of movement uh, happened in the NBA, and I didn't think the NHL could to, to keep up. Although we didn't have the like we had impact players move in the NHL, we had a high volume. Uh, we didn't have a Kevin Durant type player move, but it had a lot of significant moves, and I think it will change the landscape heading into April's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And for uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, along with picks for the weekend and what uh, the, what we like. NBA action going strong. Uh, EPL, MLS. I'm thinking about potentially giving it a Friday Bundesliga German Bundesliga uh, the pick between uh, Dortmund and uh, Leipzig. Um, that's my German accent. I don't know if it works for you or not, but let's go with it. But got a shout out to our listeners uh, from, uh, you know, the U.S. Out West in Washington State. Also, uh, Woodville, uh, Ohio, in our local area, Scarborough, Toronto, Durham region, Bowmanville, Whitby, Mississauga. You know what? Keep showing up. Keep showing up and clicking on the subscribe. And I don't care how you find us. Just find us and join us. Get on Twitter, like I said, EX overrated, EXPER2, and uh, let's get going. All right, so UFC 285, big event. You know, the UFC has a lot of action going on, on a weekly basis, but had to bring this up because one of the biggest fights, probably in the last little while at least, that has caught my attention 
And the main event, and I'm just going to stick with the main event here. And just for transparency, currently I'm using FanDuel. So I'll be speaking from the FanDuel site and looking at the odds and options from FanDuel. I recommend that you have more than one book. Again, this could be one of my rules because right now, just out of uh, convenience, I'm just using the one book. But you should, if you're taking this seriously, have multiple books to keep and compare odds and Put your money in the right place and uh, maximize your return. And also, I will give a shout out to, uh, there's an app you can download called Bet, Betstamp. Betstamp, why you would download this is it provides you an one area access point where you can check all the NFL, NHL, uh, NBA action. And what you can do is uh, compare the books in your area. So, for example, if I look at FanDuel, I can also compare it to Bet365, Sports Interaction, Points, Bet, etc. And if I have those accounts, then I know that if I'm going to pick, let's say, John Jones, I would pick this book over another because the odds are in my favor. So, Betstamp, I would recommend it. I do use it, and I do compare uh, odds. So, there, there's something for you. There's a nice tip that uh, you can take away. But UFC 285, you got to love the, the main event feel for it. This fight's going to go on after midnight. That's what you need to know. It's a Saturday night pay-per-view, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that the main card starts. There's a whole whack of fights in the main card, a whole like prelims, etc. And uh, you know you have a buddy who is a hardcore MMA uh, follower. And I'd recommend right now picking up the phone, texting that guy, because there is opportunities and fights that you can bet on that probably have a lot of value uh, when you compare, uh, you know, the value you probably get on the main event where it's been analyzed a lot deeper. But there's a lot of guys out there that are hardcore MMA will pick out an up and coming fighter versus a, you know, a, a veteran kind of on the downswing and probably give you some winners. So call that guy up. Call, uh, uh, Cauliflower ears, Billy. I don't know what the hell you want to call him, but uh, you know, have you ever seen an MMA fighter? They got the cauliflower ear. So, but we're going to focus here on uh, USC 285's main event, which is John Jones versus uh, Cyril Gunn from France. Now, if you don't know, John Jones is potentially considered one of the uh, goats, and you know, some are saying that this fight could establish him as the only goat. I mean, you can argue that with GSP and Khabib and uh, some other fighters and Anderson Silver in his prime. But uh, right now, uh, John Jones for the heavyweight championship, he is uh, a light heavyweight fighter that's moving up. He has fought in heavyweight before, so it's not like he hasn't been here, but he is the heavy favorite. He is uh, 26 and 1. And if you don't know, it is 26 and 1. His only loss came from a disqualification. From elbow strikes he threw earlier in his career uh, to his opponent, and uh, I, his opponent could not continue. And the referee decided to, at the time, uh, the official decided at the time that he would disqualify John Jones. Dana White this week actually was talking about going to the Nevada State Box or Athletic Commission, trying to scrub that loss off of John Jones's record because he is basically perfect. He has not lost. He he is a phenom. When it comes to MMA, he's taken on every comer, you know, and if you know the John Jones story, he's had a lot, a lot of uh, off the outside of the octagon news stories pop up that have really, you know, probably prevented more fights and more opportunity to see him fight and uh, establish the GOAT status many years earlier 
than having to do it this weekend. Uh, so he comes in here with, a, I believe it's like a three-year layoff. So uh, I'll, I'll talk about what I think is going to happen here. And Cyril Gaon is 11-1 in the USC. His only loss came against uh, uh, Francis Nagano. Now, Francis Nagano, if you don't know, is and was the USC heavyweight champion. He didn't lose his belt by uh, a defeat. He lost his belt because of a contract dispute. He wanted more money. He wanted, uh, I guess, uh, to make some more cash as heavyweight champion or whatever whatever agreement they could not work out. He had to walk away, relinquish the belt, and this is the fight to grab that. Gagne or Gagne? Cyril Gagne. Cyril Gagne only lost came against Francis Nagano, and it was a you know unanimous, unanimous decision. So he comes into this fight. You know, he didn't get knocked out by Nagano. So, I mean, that's he's a big guy. Uh, he's got a lot of hope here. So you have the GOAT, but has been off for 30, I'm sorry, three years. And he's in his now 30s, mid-30s. And Cyril Gaon, who has uh, mowed down everybody else he's faced and uh, just lost to Francis Nagano. So what do you get out of this? Well, if you're looking from a straight-up situation, John Jones is minus 170. Cyril Gaon uh, is plus 138. And where do I lie on this? Where do I stand? Where do I go? What do I bet? I don't know. Well, I do know because that's why you're here. I'm going to tell you. Um, Cyril Gaon, to me, I you got to pick your spots in MMA. And uh, maybe I'm out on a limb here, but there's a point where a fighter gets old. There's a point where a fighter does not want to do what they need to do to put themselves in a position to beat the up-and-coming killers that are constantly being produced by several gyms and uh, countries that are putting fighters forward. And uh, I tended to look at this fight and look at maybe this is the time the plus 138 for Gone is, is where it needs to be. You had uh, 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 Daniel Cormier, who lost twice against John Jones, biggest rivalry for John Jones, said something interesting. He talked about uh, some of the great things that John Jones does, like, you know, the you know, knees, uh, you know, ground and pound, but doesn't really punch hard. And uh, that stood out to me as a heavyweight division. I don't know if. You know, 30 more pounds on his uh, frame is going to change that. But does that mean for sure that if John Jones does win, we're going the distance? I don't know. It might mean that. But does it mean that Cyril Gaon, you know, gets into the uh, octagon and is able to knock John Jones out or overpower him? So there's a lot of things to think about. And uh, I think I'm going to put my money on Cyril Gaon on this one at plus 138. I think, again, you got to pick that time and place where that superstar does decline in the MMA world it declines fast ask Anderson Silva the best of, you know arguably the goat and he declined after you know very quick after he peaked and every fighter does that it just happens everybody can't be like Khabib where he left on top and 10 years from now we'll look back and say wow that was that was probably the kept his legacy where it needed to be same with GSP he never came back and that's uh, put his legacy at the highest of the high. Now, for you, though, for you though, for folks out there, if I could speak English, that have never really dabbled into uh, betting uh, UFC, what's going to happen? You're going to sit out there and say, "Hey, Kyle, I'm waiting on the NHL, NBA, EPL stuff. That's where I'm. That's why I'm here." But you're going to be on a couch somewhere, or at a bar somewhere, at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, or maybe 9 o'clock Western uh, Pacific time, whatever. And you're going to be thinking, I got, I need something to bet on. Well, the only thing's going to be the main event. 
on uh, the UFC card, and you're gonna wish you you know listen a little further. So here's your chance, you know, put uh, put the whatever you got down and take a listen. So again, there's many options if you look at your betting account, whoever you're with. So I'm again FanDuel, but check out your Bet365 or Sports Interaction for all the different options. There's a lot of fun options. So if you're not into picking who's what fighter is gonna win. There's a million other things to bet on, and I'm going to go through a couple uh, cool ones you might want to take a look at. Method of victory. Uh, you have uh, you have a combination that you can pick whatever fighter you want and how they'll win. So, for example, if you want to get a plus 390 payoff and pick John Jones because you think he's going to win by KO or TKO, meaning he's going to knock Gone out or he's done on the ground, like choking on his own tongue. Or, you know, the referee stopped because he's beating the crap out of, uh, you know, Cyril Gone. That's where you'll get your John Jones by TKO or KO. Uh, and again, you can do by John Jones by points or submission. And the same idea with Cyril Gone for TKO and KO, points or submission, different odds there. So that's, that's an interesting bet if you still want to hang on a winner and the way it's going to happen. You can also pick on what round the fight will end in. So... Uh, if John Jones, let's say, uh, puts uh, Sergon in a triangle, uh, chokes him out, taps out in the round, uh, nine, a third round, and you took that round, it's plus nine hundred. So your hundred dollars is going to give you a nine hundred dollar profit. So you, or if Sergon somehow suddenly lands a, a key punch to John Jones's chin in the third round and knocks him out, you win. You don't care who wins as long as it just happens in the third round. Uh, you could also talk about total rounds. Uh, over under four and a half is the minus 158. I mean, the odds are kind of pointing that this will go the championship round distance, which is five rounds. So non-championship or main event fights only go three rounds, but our championship fights do go five rounds. So the odds are telling us that this is going to go to a decision. All right. Uh, some other interesting bets on are... Uh, let's see how fight will end. And instead of picking again, a fighter, you think that somebody's going to win by KO or TKO. That's plus 185. So hundred dollars will win you $185 uh, profit. Submission is plus 410 and points, meaning that they go to the, the judges is minus 125. So I just read off what the odds are for the three types of ways this fight's going to end. Which one do you think that the odds makers are thinking how it's going to end? Well, guess what? It's going to end by points. That's that's what the odds makers are saying. So minus 125 is a pretty good value. But uh, if you want to get risky, try that uh, submission. Nobody's thinking submission, though. So TKO might be the way to go. KO uh, if, you, if you want to take a chance on winning some more money. But a lot of options here. Uh, that you can take a lot of specials too. A lot of the books have specials. So I'll just give you a sample size of it. So John Jones to win and fifth round to start. So he wins whatever time within the fifth round. That'll get you plus 165. John Jones to win in round three to start. Uh, again, that's plus even money. So that will get you a win. Uh, so my my take is going to be more of uh, taking a chance on Cyril Gon and also... Uh, how the, will the fight end and probably go by points, minus 125. And time props, will the fight go the distance? Yes, minus 116. So it's it, if you're going to take the points, I mean, if you're going to take the points at minus 25, you might as well 
at minus 116. Will the fight go the distance? You'd be an idiot not to take the distance, right? So why not do that instead? Uh, so that's UFC 285. Uh, Steve Buffer is going to be in the ring. Or he's going to be in the octagon, so not the ring. He's going to hype the crowd up. Fight, you know, I could do it right now. I could do my best Bruce Buffer impression, but it's too way too loud. Uh, if we're if you guys know the boxing scene, but uh, I could even do Steve Buffer and kind of give an impression, but again, too loud. I don't want to wake you up if you were listening to this early in the morning while others are around. So, great event. Take your time, watch UFC 285, get on it, and uh, we'll see where it goes and have some fun with it. Have a few beers. Uh, it's going to be after midnight. Probably at a house somewhere watching on pay-per-view, a.k.a. IPTV. So enjoy yourself. Now, moving on. One, I'm not even going to bet this, but I think it's just worth talking about and I find it interesting. Popular sport and getting more and more popular is uh, Formula One auto racing. And uh, Formula One is back, the Bahrain uh, Grand Prix. And again, with uh, a lot of options to bet if you're want to wake up early and bet it on a Sunday morning. And that is Max uh, Verstappen. Don't even know who that is, to be honest. Minus 135 is the favorite to win the race. Uh, Charles Leclerc, plus 380. Lewis Hamilton, who is probably the most famous driver, like multi-time champion, is at plus 750. There's a lot that goes into, uh, you know, Formula One racing. Obviously, the technology, the uh, kind of car you're driving, Mercedes, Ferrari, whatever it may be. Uh, something to really look at. So you can pick the overall winner, which you might... Eh, I don't really want to do that because I have no idea who's going to win. But uh, you can also take a lot more bets like uh, podium finish. Uh, like uh, Max Verstappen will be at least finished in the top three, but that's a minus 320, so a lot of juice there. That's one interesting uh, bet. Top six finish, and you pick a... You know, uh, there's a Canadian there, Lance Stroll. All right, plus 250. Good, good job, Lance. Uh, top six is pretty interesting, right? You don't need to pick the winner. Uh, team of winning driver, and you got Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes. Red Bull looks like the favorite, minus 185. So there's a lot going on here. A lot. To, first car to retire. So you're sitting there betting that uh, a car is going to like just, that's it, we're over, it's done. Alpha Tour, I don't know who that, uh, Alpha Tour, uh, um is the the vehicle type, I guess. It's got to be an up-and-coming uh racing team but they're plus 500 to say yeah that's it i've had enough all right i I, I did you know you said like 300 laps but i think 100 is good i'm I'm, I'm heading out see you later uh qualifying like even you can you can even bet the the fastest in practice one like uh, wow uh and that's uh, charles leclerc is plus 180 is the favorite i don't even know how you would measure that uh or when uh fastest lap in the race so you know, uh, you might pick a driver that does not win the race, but that one lap, he he is the fastest uh, driver or fastest lap. It's pretty a lot of options here that uh, if you know you're auto racing, that there might be some money to make here. So take a look at that if you're interested. Formula One is back. Now we dive into NHL action. National Hockey League trade deadline is tomorrow, March 3rd. And it's hard to believe that there is anything left to do as far as player movement. There has been a lot, I mean a lot of player movement 
and some significant moves made for, you know, there's only going to be one Stanley Cup winner. So there's a lot of teams thinking that they get in the show, get in the dance, they can make a run. And that's happened before. That's the history of the NHL. You just got to get there. And it's not uncommon to hear see an upset and a team could go on a run. But uh, if you look at the betting odds right now to win the Stanley Cup, Boston, deservedly so, is still a plus 420, which is uh, well above uh, the Avalanche, previous defending Stanley Cup champions at plus 650 to repeat. Uh, her, uh, Carolina Hurricanes at plus 750. And rounding out, you have... Uh, Actually, Leafs are ahead of that, but uh, what I thought was interesting is New Jersey and the New York Rangers are plus 1,200. And each of these teams will be playing each other. At least the odds are very, very in the f- favor that these teams are going to meet in the first round. So uh, if you put a f- couple bucks on both teams, you know you're going to have at least one of the teams that you bet at 1,200. Uh, move on to the second round and only have three rounds to go. Uh, I can see the Rangers making a run. Not, I don't know about the Devils. Devils. Devils are having a great season, but I don't know how well that will translate heading into the playoffs. And if they have that, you know, I got in and had that first round where we got knocked out and kind of grow from there kind of moment. So uh, Boston, though, they are clearly the best team. If you follow the NHL and watch uh, the Boston Bruins play night in and night out, they're... They, they're the team that can adapts to every team they're playing. They can play an up-tempo game, a defensive game. I think they've only lost nine games all year, or whatever the whatever the total is. They are man-to-man the best team in the NHL, regardless of what move was made. And should you know be disappointed if they don't take the Stanley Cup home. Uh, some of the moves they made, uh, they picked up uh, Orloff, a defenseman from uh, Washington. And yesterday, actually today or yesterday, whatever, uh, they picked up uh, uh, Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings, which is a great fit for this team. They have so much depth, but uh, uh, apparently that's to replace uh, Taylor Hall, who went down and is on LTIR, which freed up some cap space as well, as well Tyler Bertuzzi, and replacing Taylor Hall. An interesting note from Boston. They just signed, uncharacteristically, uh Pasternak, David Pasternak, to an eight-year, $90 million contract. And now the story, if you follow the Boston Bruins for a lengthy period of time, is that their success can be tied to guys taking a hometown discount. You know, the uh, Brad Marchands and, uh, you know, Patrice Bergerons have taken less money that they could have gotten in the open market. This goes against it. So this could be the end or the beginning of the end of the Boston Bruins as we see it, because uh, there's no way when you start adding guys for eight years, $90 million, that a few of the guys you don't want to leave are going to have to leave. So Boston, odds on favorite. Uh, from this neck of the woods, the Leafs, uh, we talked about uh, picking up Ryan O'Reilly, former Smythe winner as NHL MVP when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Great addition there. They've also picked up uh, Manson and Shin on the back uh, end, one from Chicago, one from Vancouver. Uh, the Leafs are all in. Uh Kyle Dubas on his uh, contract, last year of his contract. And uh, you got you got the feeling that I can't see, even though I, I love these moves, I think they're, they're win or lose, they were the right moves to make and if you're going to go on a run. But, you know, if they can't get out of the first round again, I got to believe that they're going to go in a different direction and uh, go uh, find somebody else to lead the way. We'll see what happens. Ottawa picked up uh, Jeff Chikrin, uh uh, the defenseman that seems like he's been on the trade block for two years with the Arizona Coyotes. 
and you get you know a few draft picks here and they're relatively cheap and a question is like why couldn't the coyotes make this trade well before now so it doesn't make sense ottawa going on a little run here looking to try to get squeak into the playoffs let's see what happens here uh and if you watched uh, the back-to-back with detroit I gotta love Brady Brady Kachuk, man. He was going to the Detroit bench, challenging anybody who wanted to say anything about it, challenging anybody on that bench to a fight. I don't think anybody had, uh, called him out on it, but uh, man, that's that's a guy you want on your team. Uh, any team can use a Brady Kachuk. Vegas Golden Knights, just to to note, uh, Jonathan Quick, goaltender for the LA Kings, Stanley Cup winner, big big part of their two Stanley Cup wins uh, years back. Uh, Obviously, he's getting older, not as effective. I was basically dumped uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets the other day, and I don't think he was happy about it, but doesn't matter. He's been moved again. So he uh, spent one day with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and now he's a Vegas Gold Knight. I think it's a great pickup for the Gold Knights. Uh, you know, obviously, they're they're running with the goaltending they have after, you know, uh, some of their gold te- like, you know, trading off. Uh, Flurry and uh, Leonard down with injuries, so I think a good pickup and to see if he can capture that moment. And it'd be funny if somehow the Kings and Golden Knights met in the playoffs at some point and Quick was a difference maker. We'll see. Uh, Matthias Ekholm has now uh, joined the LA or the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers are desperate to maximize the time they have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and try to make a Stanley Cup run. I'm not convinced. Uh, I think it's a good pickup. However, I, there's, there's too many holes in the team. The goaltending sucks. Uh, the decor, again, is not strong enough, I don't think. They don't have the depth. Um, so, they're, man, they're in a tough spot. I just don't think they got the horses to get past the Colorados or, you know, if they get to the final, go through Boston. Just, just It's not going to happen. Winnipeg. Winnipeg Jets. This is a team that's flying under the radar. These, this is one of the best teams in the NHL. They picked up Nino Niederreiter from, which is a good solid pickup from the Nashville Predators, but they have the team to go on a run, like a run. Hellebuck in net. You have, uh, you know, Shifley, Kyle, uh, Kyle Connor, uh, Dubois. Uh, they have a lot of guns in this, man. They got they got to do something tomorrow. Just add some depth, maybe add an impact player. What what time and space will a Winnipeg Jets team be in a position with this talent to make a move? I don't see it. But uh, now's the time for you, Winnipeg. Now, one of the... I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but the Arizona Coyotes, basically the laughing stock of the NHL. They play at Mullet Arena, which actually is pretty nice, but it's, it's a 5,000-seat College rink, which they share with the Arizona State uh, team. And uh, the, the myth here is that in a couple years' time, they'll have a new rink built. But they've already moved to this rink before even securing funding and approval to build this imaginary rink. We'll see if it happens. But what they have done over the last week or so is that the majority of their salary that is on the books to get them to the floor of the NHL's uh, payroll cap is on LTI, long-term injury reserve, meaning that they're picking up guys like Jacob Voracek they traded for today from the Columbus Blue Jackets, who's not going to play. And they purposely picked him up because they could take his salary against the cap, but the majority of his salary, to my understanding, is being paid by insurance. And they've done this again. They picked up earlier in the year 
uh, Shea Weber's contract off the Montreal Canadiens. They have several uh, players that are not going to play for them that are on their books just to doctor what the cap looks like. Um, and it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, uh, the league came out and said that they're going to closely monitor and look at any trades that involve players on LTIR, but they're signing off on multiple trades that the Coyotes have made to clearly just meet the minimal standard to their commitments to a quote-unquote bottom of the cap, even though they're not money's not coming out of their pocket. It's disgusting. It's a joke. And the NHL even coming out to say that we're keeping an eye on it. Oh, explain this. Explain how you have today, for example, that the Coyotes can start adding players that do not exist technically. They don't. Uh, some of them will not play for a long time, if, if at all, again in the NHL. And by the time they do, they're most likely to get dumped by the Coyotes to somewhere else anyway. Where, because of the cap, the Rangers had to play a man short tonight against the Ottawa Senators. So they had to play with 12 forwards and 5D because of their cap situation and the NHL declining an emergency call-up. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. You, you can you understand that the business model in the NHL is you buy a team, hold it for a lengthy period of time, and the value of the team is going to go up and you can sell it. Or there's real estate uh, incentives to, to pick up a team, a ta I guess tax, I don't have no idea. But it, it's getting too far where the game's health is not being considered as it should. And Batman, it's time for him to go. Uh, he's, what, 30 years, longest-serving commissioner. Like, he's close to being the longest in history of the four major sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, um, NHL. It's time to go, and it has to take this league in a new direction. So, disgusting. Arizona Coyotes, sorry that, uh, you know, you got to plan this team. All these guys, young guys that just trash, just trash. But, uh, anywho, um, going into Friday's action, looking at the board, I like, a, I like a little parlay here. I think Seattle's back on track. Uh, the last few games have been, you know, putting the puck in the net. And kind of showing that uh, that form that they did when they went in that lengthy seven, eight game road trip, whatever it was, and they were almost perfect, if not perfect, you can't recall. And they're in Columbus tomorrow, and I don't think there'll be a letdown. They're minus 164, so I'm going to take Seattle and parlay that with the Carolina Hurricanes, who are facing the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena. Um, Coyotes do play, you know, if you watch Coyotes, they, they do play well as far as the guys they have. They they try and they hustle and try to win. But I think Carolina's, with Rob Brindamore as coach, I don't see, see a letdown here. And they're minus uh, 360, but you parlay that back. You put 100 bucks on that uh, two games, Columbus and uh, Seattle. That's going to get you $105 profit. Uh, so take it. I like it. And going with it. Good value pick that I'm leaning toward is Winnipeg is in Edmonton. Winnipeg is plus 132. And believe it or not, they don't have Connor, Connor McDavid. They don't have Leon Dreisaitl. But they do have like six or seven other guys that Edmonton does not have. 
uh, beyond their first line. And they don't have a goaltender like uh, Kyle uh, like Hellebuck. So at plus 132, I'll take the Winnipeg Jets. I, Edmonton is up and down. They're not... They're, just, they're, they're, they're McDavid, and that's what they are. But they're not... They're soft. They're a soft team, and I don't know what they are. So Winnipeg plus 132, like that. And uh, you know what? Throw a few shillings on New Jersey visiting Vegas over six. Sometimes New Jersey can get a get in a situation and a run where they're scoring a lot of goals. So they score seven goals in Colorado. Uh, maybe it doesn't happen in Vegas. Vegas has become a little stingy, but I'm gonna count on Ve- uh, the the Devils to be run and gun. Uh, so get out there and going into the weekend. Odds are not out, but, uh, you know, Rangers take on the Boston Bruins. If it's at a six and a half, I hate to do this, but I do like the under on that. Uh, Parlay, I do like on Saturday, again, without knowing the odds. Nashville is in Chicago. Now, Chicago is tanking, man. They, they're they terrible. They they were terrible against Arizona a couple days ago. I, they're not here to win. They're for, looking for Connor Bedard and put themselves in a the best position to get that franchise turning player. That's what they're gunning for. So Nashville's going to squeak this out or blow them out, but either way, they're going to get the W. Add in Ottawa on Saturday. Ottawa is uh, taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Senators, again, are making a run. Uh, they got things going for them. They're hot right now. Um, and Columbus at home should be easy pickings. And Leafs take on the Vancouver Canucks at the 7 p.m. game. Eastern Standard Time. I like goals in this game. Uh, the Leafs have, uh, have been in Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, not a lot of goals scored, but I see Vancouver giving up goals. Uh, so just just uh, like if it's seven, uh, I would still take it. I think it's worth it. And uh, so take that the over. Sunday, interesting matchup. New Jersey, Arizona, Mullet Arena. I like that one to be like a run and gun game. New Jersey is here to play and score and uh you know, just uh, take that over six and a half if that becomes available. That is the NHL story. So that's uh, we'll put that to rest. And we're going to move on to the National Basketball Association. So NBA picks for Friday. Looking at the board. One that stands out to me, it's a little iffy because you, you start playing teams that are subpar that are born losers, then, you know, you, you got every right to get burned. But uh, I look at the Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets at minus three and a half. I see a lot of value there at the minus three and a half for Orlando to win. Um, LaMelo Ball is uh, out. He's he's done. Like, his ankle's done. Like, he broke his ankle. So he is not going to be playing. They're, they're, he's their most impactful player. And I recall a few weeks back, uh, about a month ago, Orlando walked in, handled Charlotte. Charlotte, with their best players, uh, Lamelo Ball could not uh, do anything. Like so, it's a uh, it's a no brainer to me that that we're going to be going on Orlando here. And uh, man, but you know these bad teams always always become a problem and don't show up when you think they are. So. That's one of the problems with uh, Lamella Ball. Sorry, yeah, Lamella Ball is going to be he's out. So, but I like it. I'm going to do it. Orlando Magic minus three and a half. Done. 
Uh, Phoenix, uh, also, Kevin Durant made his debut the other night against Charlotte. Had 20-plus points in that matchup. Uh, he's gonna, he's money, man. Durant's money. So, Phoenix, you gotta, you got to count them as the odds-on favorite to win the West, uh, uh, when they head into the playoffs. And they, go, they take on the Bulls on Friday night. And it's not, the Bulls are not going to put much of a fight. The Bulls are average at best and not, you know, taking that next level. And I got to believe that uh, the Kevin Durant factor is going to be fresh and uh, they take the win. But if I, if you put a uh, parlay together with Phoenix and then you go down and take a risk, because Memphis did knock off Denver at home uh, a few games ago, but Denver uh, is at home now at uh, 10 o'clock on Friday night. So if you match up Phoenix plus Denver, your hundred dollars to get you one hundred five dollars. I like that matchup as well. And a value pick I think is that Lakers uh, over Minnesota right now. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a one point favorite on the road in LA. LA did uh, knock off OKC the other night without LeBron and Anthony Davis. I do think they've brought enough weapons uh, to LA during the trade deadline that this team is functional without LeBron and can win against a Minnesota Timberwolves team. They're not going to obviously beat uh, the Phoenix Suns of the world, the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, so I think there's value there. LeBron uh, apparently is minimum out three weeks until his ankle can be evaluated, so that's a huge blow for the Lakers. Uh, I, I, just nothing going right for the Lakers, so it's uh, it's pretty much done. Anthony Davis would have to be leaned on and play every game. That's not going to happen. He can't stay healthy, and carry the team. I think the idea for the Lakers was always going to be LeBron joins, he brings over Anthony Davis, and kind of hands the mantle that it's your team now, and I'll play Robin to your Batman. But that ain't happening. He picked the wrong guy. They got the bubble ring, but not what he probably expected for the many years after. So that's the Friday board for the NBA. Going into Saturday, some interesting matchups. Again, without odds, post it. Raptors play their second game against the Washington Wizards. I like the Washington Wizards to win that game, so it might be a nice parlay option again. I don't think Toronto matches up well with Washington. Big matchup, Philadelphia in Milwaukee. Love Milwaukee at home. They're almost money there, regardless of who they're playing. Minnesota-Sacramento. Minnesota-Sacramento will both be on back-to-back nights, and uh, but I still see these as high point totals. So if it's anything around 233, take the over. Um, so I'll leave you with that. And Sunday, some just notable matchups. Phoenix heads into Dallas, so Kevin Durant will play Kyrie um, on Sunday uh, afternoon. Golden State with Steph Curry is back, so that's a factor taking on the Lakers. Steph Curry is back. He is the difference maker, so that's important to note as you, if you're looking at betting that game. And New York uh, Knicks are in Boston, which the reason why I put this on the board was the game earlier this week where the Knicks beat the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics were atrocious and like out of character hitting threes. Just Tatum got two technicals, got tossed, missed free throws in this game. If there's a low total, like a very low total, I would hit it. There's no way Boston is going to show up, and especially at home, and miss the amount of threes that they missed and the shots they missed were horrible. And hopefully, you get the val- we get the value out of that previous game, which I think was an anomaly. So uh, I like Boston straight up. 
or at least even three and a half points. Give me Boston. But the total, I'm interested to see if it's in the low 220s. If it's low 221, 22, and even better, take it. Because it's good. there's going to be more uh, Boston Celtic three-point action. So that's the story in the National Basketball Association. Some soccer action to take you into the weekend. And we're going to start with the EPL. Starting 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Manchester City, who's chasing down Arsenal, taking on Newcastle, which is uh, a team that was on fire at the start of the year. It's kind of declining now. They're on the outside looking in. They're holding down the Europa fifth position, but they want Champions League. I don't think they're going to get there. They're, they're fading fast. But what I do like in this matchup is I do at least like a goal and a half but I love also to match it up with the corners. So same game parlay. You match up the goal and a half. And over eight and a half gets you 100, gets you over 100. So, or no, it gets you less. It's, it's kind of a, you know, 100 gets you like $75 profit. But I like corners a lot in this game. But at least a goal and a half. I think Newcastle's very aggressive. And I think that will push Man City to move forward. But I'm a little skeptical on the three goals versus needing two in this matchup. So I like that early in the morning. Nothing stands out to me, honestly, in the 10 a.m. games. But what does stand out to me is the 12.30 game on Saturday. Southampton, bottom of the table. Leicester City, one of the disappointments this year. I do see this more of a shootout. And uh, so I like this game to go over. It should be even money. Uh, should be in favor. I like this at least to be a 2-1 game, if not 2-2. Leicester City's kind of a wild card team, and they give up goals, score goals. They're just kind of all over the place, and Southampton just sucks. So over 2.5 there. And then going into Sunday for English Premier, big matchup. Liverpool hosts Manchester United. What I like here is this game to go over 2.5 goals and also 2.5 cards. What I like here about the cards is Liverpool is desperate. Jurgen Klopp is feeling the heat. Liverpool is not, you know, performing to where they need to perform. And got to look at this matchup as a can't-lose situation. They're going to be running and gunning. Uh, so I just I see at least three goals, but at least this game to be a little chippy. So three cards minimum. I think there's a good payout there. That's even money. So uh, and I'll give you a bonus uh, pick. It's not EPL. I'm going to go to a Friday, 2.30 p.m. kickoff. And Bundesliga and Dortmund who is chasing Bayern Munich at the top of the table, taking on Leipzig, who's also in the mix. So a good value play here is this game to go over a goal and a half, along with eight corners. These teams match up and have a high corners in the last few games, and at least two goals I could see here. Uh, so 100 will get you a $105 payoff. So there's a little bonus German action. Don't have a lot for MLS right now. It's only week two. But one game that does stand out to me, Orlando City hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati, to me, is kind of a wild-card team, kind of like what I said about Leicester City. I think they score a lot of goals and like have a lot of wild games. And I like this game to go over 2.5 at minus 110. Great value there. And guess what? It's getting late. I am done. This podcast is done. I want you to listen, give your comments. Again, at Twitter, overrated, E-X-P-E-R-2. And uh, let us know how you feel. Give us your opinions, thoughts, picks, whatever you want to do. So you're following my journey again. And this journey is over for tonight. Over and out.